Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market eyes and lines. Find reviews and news in every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports information. From live in-game betting, props, and features, head on to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% discount. Welcome bonus to your first for your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I am your host, Travis Reed. Uh, today, I got a special guest uh, here on the Believe Network. Shout out to Believe. Um, somebody I've been knowing for a really, really long time. Somebody I've been trying to get on the show for a minute. Somebody who's uh, done a lot of different stuff. Uh, for you ladies, <laughs> he was in the uh, Soldier video. <laughs> With Beyonce in there, you know what I'm saying? If y'all want to see the video, he's actually in there chilling, dancing next to Ice Cube. Hilarious, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't the W, I wasn't dancing. <laughs> but no, overall, I've been knowing him, like I said, for a long time. You know, great hooper, great person. Um, my boy, Chris Young. Say, what's up, Chris? What's up, everybody? I, yeah. No. Yeah, that's cool, Chris, man. Uh, well, let's get right into it. All right. Uh, how did your basketball how did your basketball journey start? Jeez. Um, well, it wasn't uh wasn't like I okay, so I'll, I'll say this. It wasn't like I was playing when I was five years old and ended up being some kind of phenom and then just take it from there. Um, I actually didn't like basketball growing up. My brother was really good and my cousins could play. So I just was more like a football guy, even though I was small. I preferred to play football. Um, I didn't really get into basketball until probably I played my first game in the fifth grade. It was only one time. And then I played on the Audubon seventh grade team. And that's probably like my, you know, really 
first full season of organized basketball. I played a little bit at Rancho the summer before that, but I really played like a full, full season where Audubon, I Rancho too, but Audubon is the, where I really think I came into my own as far as I really falling in love with the game. So started like when I was in the seventh grade at Audubon, kind of late, especially considering nowadays, but um, yeah, it wasn't until like 88, 89 that I fell in love with basketball. Well, that's not, yeah. you know, that's not bad, man. Like I said, I think, um, you know, everybody don't start like, you know, when they four or five, some people start a little bit later, but like develop the love at any time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, can't, can't, can't do anything about it now, but, uh, but typically if I could do all over or when I finally do have kids, I'm definitely going to have my kids or kids play basketball at an early age, just to see if they like it. I'm not going to force them to play it, but mm -hmm. we're at least going to explore it uh, and see if we can pick up the talent. Cause you know, even, you know, starting around 12, 13 years old, I missed a few years and, it took a while for me to catch up to all you guys. So, um, I definitely would have started a little bit sooner. Nah, nah. Like I said, it's all good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for me, I played ball early because I was just tall. And Pops was like, you know, I'm going to just put you in every sport and see what sticks. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? You know what he was so, doing? <laughs> so, obviously, you were interested in football growing up besides basketball. Um, did you, did you do AAU growing up? So um, I want to piggyback off what you said, cause I've been talking a lot about fathers and their kids' lives. So mm -hmm. my pops died when I was 11 and my brother moved to, to live with his father, uh, two months later. So just me, my mom, my little sister growing up. So I really didn't have that male role model that put me in a position to play sports. Everything I did was like me begging my mom to go play here her, you know, taking off work to go do it. So you having a pops doesn't surprise me that he made sure that you found a love at something early on and clearly it worked out for you. Um, to the AU question, back then it wasn't no real AU basketball like that. Like um, you had like uh, K-Swiss, uh, Slamming Jam, uh, ARC, and of course K&E Bulls. But um, my eighth grade basketball team, we were called CPYS. And it was by my boy's father, Mr. Herman, Herman Russell. And we were funded through his, uh, through his uh, grocery store, or like, uh, not grocery, well, I guess the grocery store, like a little mom and pop store. So we did play a lot of AU stuff, but most of, mostly we wouldn't have been considered AU. We would have been considered an uh, independent program today, you know, with Adidas, Under Armour, Nike. We definitely wouldn't have been on one of those circuits. But we used to be all their asses. That was my playing thing. Was like, like we were really, really good, and we were like, like no shoe sponsor. All the money came from Mr. Russell, so um, that was a special time. But it wasn't twenty five AAU programs. No way, mm -hmm. you, you you know, only the top guys. You, Tremaine, Stace, Bozeman, like those guys are the only ones that shake high. None of those guys that I remember really playing <laughs> AAU basketball. Danny and. You know, all that J Hart traveling and all no, sir. That's no. Not in the early nineties. And not for average kids. You'd be elite for that. I definitely wasn't elite. So But I did go to Vegas. That was fun. That was like the only trip I ever went to but a basketball team growing up was Vegas. So. No, I got you. Trust me, man. Mm -hmm. Like Vegas was the trip. And like you said, ARC K Swish, Slammer Jam was probably the top three, like you said. 
as far as like having a bunch of uh uh you know great athletes all on one team right. i think you know that, yeah now it's i want to say it's a little bit more diluted when it comes to not a little bit yeah <laughs> a lot diluted i was trying to be nice when it comes nah. to aau because i felt like back back then you know like uh, if you hooped in that, if you hooped on those whatever couple teams, you know, you really had to be hooping now. It's like this guy can do it, but this guy can do it. This guy, you know, so it's like you said, it's a lot diluted, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, it's just different. Like it ain't how it was, you know, like when we was growing up. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, the fortunate thing about being myself or being older now and still being relevant in the game is I know it from the 90s to 2022. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. definitely diluted. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not the same, but it's but nothing stays the same. And I'm not mad at where it's going. It just has its ups and downs like anything else. Um, when we were growing up, you know, even, even the guys that ran teams outside of the pumps, well, nobody making no money with this basketball thing like that. Tiny didn't make no money. You know what I'm saying? Like no, stuff like people no, that are really no. ingrained in it. But now you can make money. So now yep. it's the money making. So now yeah. your trainer is, can buy a house off you playing. So don't expect your trainer to tell you you're not good because you're going to need that consistent paycheck. You know, people are <laughs> raising families. It's just a, it's a money game now. So, um, and I could talk about this for hours because this is really uh, something close to my heart. But mm -hmm. no, nah, man, it's, it's a... It 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 it, it has its, but it has its, its, its uh, advantages as well because more kids are getting seen. You know, we are telling kids that aren't elite that they are elite at a young age, and it's really messing them up. But some kids that probably wouldn't have gotten identified in our era because it just wasn't that much uh, opportunity are starting to sneak in and there and get Division One scholarships and making money playing basketball. So it's all about your perspective and who you're around in the game, but. Overall, it, it, it's a, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. I say that much. I mean, cool. No, I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that, Chris. Man, is that's real talk. And like you said, I think it is more of a money scheme now mm -hmm. uh, than it was then. Like then, it was more like you said, like maybe Pat Barry was getting money. Pat. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, Pat mm -hmm. or maybe Rich, like Rich Goldberg or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. like you said, Tiny yeah. wasn't making money. Right. Tiny was getting to doing it for the love of the kids. And uh, I tell people all the time. I tell people all the time. Tiny, if Candy was now and Tiny was Tiny would be would be paid. Tiny oh, yeah. had all the top athletes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He would be Candy Bulls would be EYBL champions three or four times over or whatever mm -hmm. two companies mm -hmm. he would decide mm -hmm. to partner up with. He would have a lot of he would have made a lot of money, but you know that's just how times go. But um, yeah, man, he would it would have been it's definitely totally different now. No, sure. no, it's, it's, it's but you sure. would have been but, but you would always but you but you would have played on the elite team either way it goes. So that's the luxury <laughs> of being you. So you know. well, like I said, you I wasn't always that. like I didn't get on the elite team to seventh grade. Uh, like, and what? So you so fourth to seventh grade, you went on an elite team. That's an elite team. Seventh <laughs> to, to I, finish playing. What are you talking about? I didn't get on an elite team. 
Well, I was trying to make the roster in the seventh grade. Crazy Ed Rancho. Well, no, nah, I mean, I know I got, look, I was with my dad. I was with the Boys and Girls Club team, you know, for like all the way up to seventh grade. And then yeah. we played ARC, got blown out, and the coach liked me. You know, and uh, so that's what I, I switched. Well, I was like, I'm tired of getting blown out. So I went with Jason and Jaron Collins, and that's how I got on the ARC. There you go. Yeah, and back saying. then, playing for the Boys and Girls Club in YMCA wasn't a bad thing. Now it's no. some of the worst basketball you ever want to see in your life. It's <laughs> so bad. You know, I got Crazy. you, bro. I got you. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, well, I was going to say, after, you know, obviously you got that late start, what high school did you go to? So, uh, this is funny because I don't know if you know this much about me, but no. So, I went to my dream high school. I went to Crenshaw. Oh, I remember um, that. In 92. Yeah. Okay. So I, went to, I started Crenshaw in 91, the summer that Boys in the Hood came out. So, school was cracking all day long. <laughs> Everything was over, overcrowded. The high school team was, uh, and, it, and true story, like I've, my all my friends from middle school, because I was whatever, I was five, eight going to high school, and all my friends who were better than me in middle school went and played back then they had C's. D's yeah, C's. yeah, yeah. I'm and a, they were I'm like, a... you need to they were oh yeah, 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 you're you're nineties kids. So they were like, Yeah, you need to come play B's and C's with us. And I was like, No, because first of all, B's and C's meant were for ninth graders. And I was like, No, we're in the 10th grade, I'm not playing B's and C's. And I remember my best friend was like, You ain't gonna make the, the team. And I was like, I don't care, but I'm I'm going to try out. So, uh, uh, word to God, I was the last person cut on the JV team. I I was the last person, and uh, I remember my friends was like, they first of all they was hating because I lasted to. I was getting the meals. I was hanging out with the team team. You know, I was, you know, it, it just you know things happen. I mean, I, back then you had to look on that list in front of everybody, and you don't see your name, and you just be like, damn. So. Um, and then coach was like, just play B's and C's. And I don't know if it was West. I think one of the coaches like, just throw Ducky. Probably was like, just play B's and C's and you probably get moved up. And I was like, nope. And so I just stopped <laughs> fucking, uh, go, I just stopped being around. I stopped going to, I stopped really going to class. I just kind of gave up just being a kid. And I remember one day I was in the hallway and like four varsity players ran up on me like, what you, how you in Ellsville right now? Yada, yada, yada. If you had your grades together, you'd be on the JV team tomorrow because somebody quit or somebody got kicked off and coaches won't put you on the team. And I was like, fuck. Like, I just, I think, you know, I just was like, damn. It was like on some real, it was on some real uh, movie, 80s movie. Like these, you know, they probably didn't, but it feels like they rolled up on me on their varsity letterman jackets and jerry curls because people still had curls back then. Um, and just like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, damn. And then they ended up going to, uh, they lost in the city championship that year, but they graduated all seniors. So the only person that came back was Leon. Leon was the only varsity person coming back. And then Tyson, you, know, you remember Leon, of course you do. Yeah, and Tyson Gill was my best friend. So it was basically only Tyson and Leon was coming back. And I, I remember like, oh, Tyson shit, and Leon. Varsity. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm playing varsity next year. So the whole summer, I'm up at Crenshaw early helping Coach set the gym. Because remember, he's had a Tuesday night league. So yeah, I'm yeah. up there with Coach playing a Tuesday night league, I'm, multiple games. Um, I wasn't ready to play no varsity, but it wasn't nobody else. On the, I mean, literally, it was only two, one spot, really, that had been was coming back. Man, Enrico will tell you to this day, Tremaine will tell you, we, when we get to that tryout, 
the tryouts for my junior year in 92, it was like 300 people in that damn gym. <laughs> like it, was, it, it was so packed. It, it, the tiny Ed came on the staff. So, you know, he brought all his, his people, his kids transferring from everywhere. Um, and I remember we was in a lot tiny eggs before practice. He's like, So, who's trying to play varsity? And like everybody hand, no, everything, who's trying to play JV? And I was like, Everybody hand rose me and said, Varsity. He said, Who's trying to play JV? I rose my hand up, like, Shit, I don't I ain't trying to play varsity now. I just want to make this JV squad. <laughs> long story short, long story short, uh, I mean, Tremaine wasn't near yet. I remember one day at practice, everybody was like, This kid named Tremaine, folks checking in. Tremaine actually played on my AU quote-unquote team. He was just a great uh, age level above me. Um, so I knew he was when he walked in the gym. He just came in, didn't even stretch and three-man weave and just started dunking everything. And everybody was like, oh, shit, we about to be nice. <laughs> so long story short, I made the JV team. I'm practicing. But this is when Tiny was just, Tiny was just a mean person at the time. And Tiny didn't get along with my AU coach because of my boy's some you know, my boys played for K and E, but then his father started the AU program, and then him and the tiny fell out, and that's why I ended up playing AU basketball with uh, the West. And um, and I maybe I'm just projecting this now, but it, that's what the the beef felt like. So tiny was just horrible to me and my boy Herman. My boy Herman said f this and transferred to LA. And I'm like, no, dude, I've been wanting to play for Crenshaw since the 80s. I said, I'm making the team. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, One day right. I practice tiny, like, one day I practice tiny, like, uh, slam me to the ground. Like, you ain't playing defense right. And I was like, if you know me, you know that's the one thing I can really do. And I'm just like, dude, you're just, it's just too much. So then, like, the next few practices, he, like, kicked me out the practice. And um, I'll never forget, and I don't know, I'm, I'm not talking too, too much, but I remember never forget, he kicked me out of practice. And I went inside the, uh, the little bitty locker room. And um, we got my shit together, and I and I came out, but I had to catch the late bus. So I sat on the varsity side and was trying to hide the whole time. Me and this dude named Dion Champion, Dion ended up transferring to uh, Fremont, and Dion uh, got kicked out that day too. So I remember Tiny was like, "Didn't I tell you to get the fuck out the gym?" And I was like, "He said I rolled my eyes." And now like, I look back on I was raised by a woman, so I'm sure I did roll my eyes. So he's like, "Who the fuck you rolling your eyes at? Get the fuck out the gym and don't come back." And, and uh, like for real for real and i was just like oh so then i ended up walking out wait outside for the late bus no then i was outside and then i think after practice somehow me and coach west ended up talking because west was like don't worry about it just have your mother come to school tomorrow and we'll sit down and, and talk about it so fast forward to the next day at school back then not like now back then you the your mama comes there and talk to your coach wasn't cool. That made you like a bust. So I ended up <laughs> ditching, so I ended up ditching school. And my mama took off work and came up there and had that meeting with Coach Tiny and uh Coach West, but I wasn't there. So basically I forfeited the meeting. And uh I remember my mama came home so mad at me because I didn't go to the meeting and basically, you know, wasted her time. You know, she you know, seeing a parent working and I was just too chicken shit to just sit in that meeting and have my friend tease me for a day. Some of your mama got you back on the team and would have, you know, stayed at the Shaw for the rest of my career, you know. So, and that's another thing about not having a daddy because if I'd have had a daddy, he'd have came in there and whooped my ass or he'd have made sure I was at that meeting. So, no, no, yeah, um, I'm really high on this not having, I'm really high on this father thing and being 
integral in young men's uh, development. So that's how my end of my Crenshaw experience ended. I ended up playing baseball, my JV baseball, my 10th grade year. And then 11th grade, I came back athletic enough to make the JV team. I stopped really going to school, but my grades were okay to play baseball again. So I was kind of on the baseball team, but I was over the Crenshaw experience. So that's when I got myself kicked out so that I can go to Manuel and play with my boys. And so that's where <laughs> I ended up in Manuel. I ended up in Manuel my senior year, sound on the bench, but I got to say I played varsity basketball. And when I tell this story to kids nowadays, they look at me like I'm sorry as shit, but I have to remind them that Crenshaw and Manuel were the two best fucking high schools oh. in LA at the time. So, oh, man. I, uh, yeah. I went, I went so, to both. I know. Like I said. And I know. And no, and no, and no, I know. And you, and I know. I, I know. You end up going to both. I, I know that. You know, yeah. so. Literally, literally a year after you went to Crenshaw, I went to Crenshaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you was a weren't you and being fresh at the same year? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's so that's so that's when I met you because I checked back into Crenshaw after my senior year to graduate my high school class from '94, and I remember Beans, Coach West TA E class, and Bean was on that class. But I know I remember you. Because you were hella young back then, and then you went to Manuel the following year, and you played with Reggie and Bruin. Yeah, yeah, I went me and Reggie Morris. Went I to, think Bruin didn't know as well. Yeah, no, no, yeah. he didn't play. He didn't play. Mm-hmm. We, we wasn't my 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 sophomore year at Manuel. We was rated number one in the city preseason, mm-hmm. and then like half the team was ineligible. Uh, yeah, Bruin Thomas. Yeah, all the all the dudes that was coming mm-hmm. up from the JV team that was undefeated. Mm-hmm. They were all ineligible. Spain, Spain, yep, Spain. Thomas. You know what? So what Bruce. I remember about what I remember about you when you went to Manuel was remember they had that on that Sunday paper. You had that suitcase. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the dopest. Uh, that's one of the dopest uh, covers ever. I ne- I never forget that, bro. Yeah, I still I still have the picture. You still got it. Yeah, I still got mm-hmm. the picture. Uh, wait, yeah. let me see. Let me see if I got it, man. Hold on, hold on. Sorry for the listening audience, but like if you see this on YouTube, here is the pic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is hard. That was whoever that, I don't know who shot that. Whoever shot that was dope. That was dope. Yeah, they had that. Uh, they had that. Uh, they had that. We was we was. I had to practice, and they was like, at first they was like, you know, they wanted me to um have a Crenshaw jersey. It had a Crenshaw jersey. And Emmanuel Arch, obviously I had my manual jersey on, but they wanted me to be throwing a Crenshaw jersey in the trash. Mm. I was like, man, I ain't going to do that. You crazy. What? Nah, man, I ain't doing that. <laughs> so they just like put a suitcase, you know what I'm saying? So I was basically like a suitcase, you know what I'm saying? And like mm. I was, tra- you know, traveling to, to Maine. Um, that was, no, that was hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you fin you finish up you finish up at Manuel. Uh mm-hmm. did you think about going to college? What was your uh, yeah. what was that what was that like? So uh finished with Manuel, like I said, I signed the bench the whole year, so I didn't really have any options. Um trying to go down to uh, San Diego with Keith Davis, your point guard at Crenshaw. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. San Diego Mesa and my mom. We went down there for a visit, me and my boy Drew, uh and uh 
we were going, they, they ended up going, but my mom forced me to go. So I was being a buster and just stopped going. Just this kind, just didn't do nothing for like a year. Just played a lot of basketball. Ended up going, ended up checking in, not a year, for, ended up checking in trade tech that spring of 95. And then I didn't want to go to trade tech. And then I ended up checking into West LA the fall of 95. Um, coach wanted me to red shirt and I was like, are you kidding me? Like if I didn't, I had, I was about six, one, six, six, two going over the height. I am now probably six, three. I, I had to bounce by then. I was, you know, I was, I was pretty good. Better than red shirt at West LA. So, but that was a blessing in disguise. So then I ended up uh, not going to school spring of 96. And we just practicing with Santa Monica with my boy Darwin Carter and Alex yeah. Carcamoan. I know Darwin. Um, Marvin, Marvin Menzi was the coach back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. man, yeah, your teammate. Yeah, yeah your teammate. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we spent a lot of time. That's we spent a lot of time together that uh, that summer. But uh, Thurman Watson, who was who went to Manuel, was alumni. He was lived down the street. He was coaching. Uh, about to start coaching the Southwest with uh, with Reggie Morris. Yeah, just got the job, and I was just like, uh, I ain't going to Santa Monica. I'm gonna go to Southwest. So I ended up going to Southwest uh, the fall of '96. Okay. And, uh, okay. And that's where I was to yesterday. Uh, that '90 summer of '96 was the year I played for the Drew for the first time. Then I'm going to Southwest and staying there for two years. I did okay at Southwest. Uh, you know, all conference. I ended up being all student track. I ended up finding that, that passion for. Um, I ran track. I jumped for, on the track team for one month and was like all state. So I definitely missed my blessing on that one. <laughs> um, and then, but I really was a bad Literally, literally, uh, one month in a day, and uh, <laughs> made all. State. It was all state. Yeah, yeah. All you might have missed your blessing on that one. <laughs> definitely missed my blessing. But but the athleticism didn't come until my senior year. I didn't know I had it in me. But I knew I had it in me as a sophomore in Timbred. I might have pursued it. But it, it, uh, track coach was like, come on, man, just come do it. First of all, the football coach tried to get me to come play football. And I was like, yeah, right. I had been thought the love of that. And then I um, should have definitely done that too, though. But did the track thing, just something to do, stay out of trouble. But I really wasn't a good student. So when it was all said and done, anybody that was interested in me, my grades is horrible. So nah, I got there you. it is. Junior college career is over. Junior mm-hmm. college career is over. Um, started floating around and, you know, I said I want to go back to school, but I didn't really want to take the necessary steps. Got in trouble doing some illegal, not really legal stuff, did some petty stuff, but almost got some real trouble behind it. And then after that, I was like, uh, and, you know, I lost my freedom for a few weeks and had to catch, I caught a felony. So I was like, oh, hell no, I'm going back to school. So I uh, had to take one more class, got that class out the way. And then I ended up walking on the couch at LA. Invited walk on, they just didn't have no money for me. I let them know I was definitely should have got a scholarship to play for them. And then- right. And uh, wasn't staying on campus, didn't have no whip at the time. So I was just hitching rides, catching bus to school, um, getting home hella late, getting up hella early. And I'm really excuses. I just wasn't a student. That's just what it was. And I really tried, but I ended up uh, getting ineligible after the first season, I mean, after the first half of the season. I wasn't playing much, but everybody knew I should have been playing. Coach just was tripping. And um, that was it. So uh, 2001, it was over. 
was <laughs> college. I had tried it. it. Took a long time to get there, but um, so that was that, and uh, just kept playing basketball. And then the following uh, year, slam ball came around. Mm. So yeah. basically, like you went through all your trials and, and tribulations of college, right? You went through all the mm-hmm. trials and tribulations of college and high school as well, you know, in a way. To yeah. finally mm-hmm. finally get that breakthrough and that success with the slam ball thing. Um, would you say when you got that call for it, we think that was like the greatest triumph at your at, at your young, you know, young career? Oh, for sure. I mean, and it, you know, um, it definitely gave me an opportunity to be who I always wanted to be as a basketball player. Like, you know, even though, I, like I said, I did cool in junior college, and even though I didn't play a lot when I went to Castle Lake, everybody on the basketball team knew what it was. Um, but this was when I finally decided to, to. But the crazy part is, Dino Smiley and Rod Smith had to convince me to do it because I wasn't sure I wanted to try it. Then when I did decide to try it, I didn't even get drafted. So here Ooh. we go again. Same middle <laughs> school and high school. And like what I'm like, what the I'm like, what the I can cut. I'm like, what the fuck? Like how 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 I'm not good enough to get drafted. So then I had to become a developmental player, which is basically a JV player. And I had to decide if I wanted to do that or if I just wanted to say uh, to hell with it. But they were paying and it was still an opportunity and I still knew in myself I was just I just couldn't get the trampoline part down. The athleticism and the uh, desire was always there. Right, um, right, and right, literally, right. I had to literally I had to be up at seven twenty. I had to be up at seven twenty in the morning the next day after the draft. And I remember going home from. The, I took my mom, my sister to the draft, like a real draft, get dressed up, all that stuff. I literally went home. I remember I laid on my bed and I cried, like not no big cry, but I dropped a few tears and was like, man, fuck that. And I got my ass up at six o'clock in the morning to get to that practice. And the very next day, I was becoming, I was, I was that dude. Like, I had to still learn a few things, but you could tell by that practice that I was one of the better guys uh, in the league. And after an unfortunate accident, within like maybe a week of being a replacement or not replacement, being a practice player, I was on a permanent team, and and then the rest is history from there. No, so the I first got you. season for sure. Yeah, man. Like I said, I used to, um, I knew, obviously, I knew you. I knew uh, Beef, the big homie Beef. You know what I'm saying? I remember he played too. Tank. Yeah. Um, Tank. And Tank, Tank played too? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. You know, yeah. I see, I, when I see highlights on YouTube, I see highlights of mm-hmm. you. I see highlights of Beef. Yeah. You know Even my boy uh, who I played overseas with, Sam Jones, played for one year. Oh yeah, yeah. When you said uh, when you said uh, Amsterdam, I was gonna tell you my boy. I got a boy that live out there who lives out there that learned Dutch. Yeah, Sam is that's like my boy to this day. Yeah, yeah man, Sam is my boy. You know, he was he, we played on each yeah. other my first year uh, of 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 of, uh, of playing overseas. You know what I'm saying? And like he was my teammate, and then we played against. Each- Paying down debt can be stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling these due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way, you'll just have one due date a month instead of many, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data 
to find loan officers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Combo will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers, and you're likely to get approved, you're likely not to get approved, to apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. Each other the next like two, three years. You know, I went to another team and we just kept playing against each other. But yeah, he was my first, like a first American uh, teammate. That, you know, that, you know, that was, that was real cool. Yeah, I'm at Colorado State right now. Yeah, he's doing his thing. Colorado has his Colorado Dutch State. Dutch wife and family, so he's doing his yeah. thing. Yeah, the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, oh you know what I'm saying? If he listens, if he listens to this right now, you stop Hollywooding me, Sam. Stop Hollywooding <laughs> me. <laughs> right. We always be busy, you know what I'm saying? So, you know. But nah, man. I, I, okay, so you... You get into the slam ball thing, which is some innovative. I I had never seen anything like it. How many years did you play in it? So we uh we did two straight, and then it was off for. So we did two thousand two, two thousand three, and then we were off for a year, and then we went to Italy in two thousand five for a showcase. But it ended up being the tramps weren't the right, so weren't right, so. Half of us just didn't do anything, and the other half is just dunk contest for two days. So I basically went to Italy for two weeks to do nothing but eat pizza and try to talk to girls. <laughs> and have my shirt off. It was like a fitness festival. It was the dopest shit ever, though. Um, and then we didn't do anything again. We went okay. Then we did like a tour for All Star Weekend in '07, and then we had a full on season again in '08. And then that was that. And then I went to China with it in 2012. And then they went 13. And then it was over. So basically just two real, three, I'm sorry, 2008 was a full season. Yeah, 2008, full season. So three full seasons and then like some tours and some little appearances from here and there. Okay. All right. Well, right. Like I said, you was getting money for it. So after you do the slam ball thing for so many years, what's next for you? So I mean, during the slam ball thing, you know, the first two years was was just, was all slam ball. Two thousand two and two thousand three was all slam ball. After that, it was just up in the air. So in two thousand three, after my teammate uh, Lee Demon Jr. was murdered, my former college teammate at Southwest was murdered. Uh, at the funeral, Reggie asked me, Reggie Morris Jr. asked me if I wanted to help him coach it. Reggie, my teammate at uh, Southwest. So Reggie asked me, did I want to help him coach that Luzinger? And he was like, man, I got a good team, and I got this kid that's going to go to the NBA. And I was like, what? That don't happen for us. Like, you hear about guys from high school to the NBA. That just, that's in a different state or guys with different pedigree. Well, at least for me, I was the red dude that's on the bench that could jump a little bit. How you asking me to help you with some guy that's probably going to the NBA? That just didn't make no sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So um, I said, well, if Sambo don't come back, I'll, I'll uh, in 2004, I'll come help you coach. 
So fast forward into 2000, well, uh, 2003, the summer of 2003, um, it was kind of obvious that Slambaugh wasn't going to be back in 2004. And my best friend at the time, her nephew and his best friend were transferring from Fairfax to losing or attempting to either losing or Inglewood. And Reggie asked me to help talk to the grandparents and my his, his grandmother, his father, and my best friend to get the boy to come losing. So I did that. I, we had a little family meeting, a little recruiting thing. And when I did that, uh, the grandmother pulled me to the side and said, they can come to Luzinger if you go there and coach. So that was like, I was already on the fence about going to coach anyway, but that just made me know for sure that I was going to go to coach at Luzinger. So from 2003 to 2010, I was coaching at Luzinger, you know, modeling, uh, doing odd jobs. I had was working at Expo, you know what I'm saying? But it was basically just been playing basketball to Drew and, and just being around the city. So 2003 was when I um, first walked into losing campus. Okay. All right. So that's when you became a coach in 2003. Obviously, from 2003 yeah, yeah. to 2010, you were coaching. And, I, and the person you're talking about, you know, for the people that don't know, is this kid. You might know him. His name is Russell Westbrook. You know what I'm saying? Uh, NBA Hall of Famer uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers currently. But, yeah, I remember uh, hearing about him back in Luzinger, you know, with you know, the fact that I found out that you and Reggie was coaching him. And they well, was going... Well, what, what the first person I was talking about was Darrell. Ah, that's who yeah, Reggie asked me to yeah, come. Yeah, that's who Reggie asked was me first. to come coach. Yeah, yeah, that's what Reggie asked me to come coach. And, and I was like, out of high school? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He went pro out of high school and had, what, he played like 12 mm-hmm. years or something? Yeah, 11, 11, 12, yeah. 11 strong ones for sure. So. Yeah, so I'll get, like I said, I give you much props, much, yeah. much props. I mean, the fact that y'all had two NBA guys in a span of like six years, right, or whatever yeah, no, it was. In fact, no, we had, we had three he was going to the NBA too, but he passed away in you know, four. So yeah, yeah. The fact that we had three in five years uh, at losing, and only people that from LA or, or that area would understand how that improbable that was at losing her, um, it's crazy. And then to have Darrell's little brother in the wings, he was there the whole time, and then have him get drafted in the NBA is crazy. So. In my three, in my seven years at losing, and we had three NBA players, which is uh, I don't know too many people that can say they they did that. Look, I would say this, bro. Like, especially coming from LA, the, the schools that have probably the most, obviously Crenshaw has a lot from the old school, and then modern day because mm-hmm. you know modern day recruits, you know. Um, yeah. Well, you know Crenshaw recruits too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> City kids, just but a city. It, I, I say, uh, well, I don't know. You weren't you were no city kid. You found your way up to Crenshaw. So I was a city. I, I was um, supposed to. I was supposed to go to Manuel. I lived on 50th and Hoover. Yeah, and I then, always thought you lived in. I always thought you lived in IE because you went oh, to AB Miller. Yeah, I went to AB Miller like my junior year when my mom okay. and pops divorced. But I'm okay. from LA. I, I went to you, the yeah. yeah, I went to the Boys and Girls Club and all that. You know, what I'm saying challenge Boys and Girls Club on 50 50 for Fig. Um, but what happened was, you know, like ninth grade year, I went to, uh, I was going to go to Artesia, but it was just too far out the way. 
So I ended up going to Crenshaw. Okay. And then uh obviously, you know, Crenshaw was like the best school in the state at the time. So like, you know, when they had Chris, Man. Tremaine, Tank, Reggie McFerrin, Mighty Arch got rest of soul, Leon, Tyson. Yeah, that, that school was stupid a talent. And the funny thing is about your story of 300 dudes, that's how it was my freshman year. Like for the tryout, like, you know, obviously the bleachers, he pulled out the bleachers. I'm like, why? Yeah, the one side, right. Mm -hmm. Dude, it, it was the, <laughs> the bleachers was packed. <laughs> the pack to the, all to the brim on one side where the Crenshaw dudes trying to try out for Crenshaw. The other side of the bleachers right. was college scouts from everywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the tryouts. They watching tryouts, watching us play pickup basketball at Crenshaw. They saw it was because it was looking at Chris, it was looking at Tremaine, it was looking at Tank, it was looking at Reggie McFair. I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean just like the, I mean the head coaches. Like Tremaine was talking to Lute Olson, and he was like, "Hey, Travis, how you doing?" I was like, "Dude, you're Lute Olson, right?" No, I yeah, yeah. I'm just like, dude, like Lute Olson, Rick Pitino, Shashevsky, all these dudes. Jim Hare, all these dudes are watching us play pickup. I was yeah, like, man, dude, that's crazy. If it, a, if it was a camera back then or or if we knew how to monetize stuff, are you crazy? Like, that's the thing I've been talking to people too. Like, I didn't make the team and I was decent. Like, but, back in the day, it was dudes that didn't play that was to hoop. Like, can you imagine? Because <laughs> 300 dudes, that means 75 of them still going to stay on campus. The rest of them ain't transferring, but most of the guys stayed on stay and we just like asked out like damn I just ain't gonna make it but I can play basketball that's why right. I kind of went to manual because I was like I cannot just go all through high school and love playing basketball and not put on a varsity jersey and another thing I didn't put so my junior year when all that stuff happened with me and Tiny I wouldn't play varsity but I probably got moved up and, uh, maybe we got moved up just because of who I was and how hard I worked to varsity but even if I didn't varsity was the number one team in the country at the time so yeah. I tell people all the time I was on I was that's I was on campus or on a team with guys that was the number one team in the country. And Coach West got mad at Chris over that soda in Texas and sat him and lost the game and they never could get number one again. But they didn't lose in California for two years. Yeah, they didn't lose my junior for two senior, years. I don't think Prince lost yeah. the game in California. They didn't. So, they didn't because my, um, my freshman no, year, was, they were 31 or 30. They were 32 and two. Both losses was in mm. South Carolina. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Both Only losses. lost out of state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but nah, man. So, yeah, I remember that. So, you coached from 2004 to 2010. 2003. 2003. Sorry for that. Mm. Now, mm. you're still in obviously good shape to go back to the just because I loved it, I mean, it was the best time I ever had. And I also understood the opportunity for it. So, like, how guys like yourself played overseas and did that, like, I definitely wanted to do that. But I don't know how I would have stuck in, you know, I kind of went to, I could probably went to somewhere in Mexico or somewhere and play. But, like, mm -hmm. Europe and all that, you know, that, I don't think I was, I don't think being a 6'3 power forward would have got me <laughs> too far back then. You know what I'm saying? But so, slam ball. So Slamball was my opportunity to be that guy. Like I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be a model. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a sports figure, you know, uh, 
you know, pretty much. So slam ball was just that thing. It was like, it was, people hated it, people loved it, but people talked about it. It's a cult classic. It's always going to be a trivia question. You know, hopefully it falls and everything works out and it does come back. It's supposed to be coming back just in 2023 uh, summer. So, but yeah, I just, you know, and, and it was an opportunity, you know, I, I didn't know if Snapball was going to be around for one year or was going to be around for 10 years. And if it had been around for 10 straight years, that'd have been a pretty good check. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not a fool and I was good at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> my, my first year was my best year, but I was, you know, I was really good at it and I had a place there. You know what I'm saying? I could have probably tried to make the money somewhere else, you know what I'm saying? But I got to be home. I got to be on TV. You know, I got to have people recognize me. I got to be, it was just, you know, it was a no-brainer for me. I'd have played that sport until I couldn't play it no more. You know what I mean? No, I got you. So after after 2012, when you finished Slam Ball, what'd you do? So after me, you know, the whole time I've been, so in 2012, um, that's when Keanu and myself created Air West. So mm -hmm. we had that going for us. It's just mm -hmm. been the same. It's been basically the same hustle since 2003. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. a little bit of modeling here, odd jobs here. Yeah, I had my steady gig with the city. Um, I had my every summer I would spend a couple of weeks in Santa Barbara with Michael Jordan. So it's just been the same, you know, husband 2009. I got to work with Kobe and his camp. And, you know, uh, so it's just been the same hustle. Like, so there's not been one time when I haven't been coaching or, you know, trying to find a way to buy me a, a house and a few cars. <laughs> I got you on that, Chris. Don't we all want to live that dream? You know what I'm saying? We all that, that's, do cars. That's what basketball seems to be doing for other people. I'm just waiting for it to do it for me. <laughs> now nah, I got you. I got you. So um I like I said, you have a real like diverse profile, honestly. You know what I'm saying, Chris Man. Cause like I said, like you do modeling, you you hoop to slam ball, you know what I'm saying? Like you've been on like shows and stuff like that. So like for me, like I said, and the fact that you work, you know, other stuff and you coached. So like, yeah, I think that you have a, like a great vast knowledge of the game and your story, man, honestly, man, it's a, it's one of triumph, to be honest, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, yeah, like, your story, you could tell a kid, like, look, I didn't play really at all that much or that much in high school, but I actually got a chance to do something not too many people do, you know, which was do the go to college, mm -hmm. do the slam ball thing, do all these other things that I've done, you know, and over the course of my life, man. So, like I said, your, your story is a blessing, man. Definitely kids need to know it, you know what I'm saying? No, I appreciate that. And um, yeah, it's been all over the place. It's been all over the place. Uh, um, I've definitely been blessed. I've definitely had some serious setbacks. Uh, I'm definitely here for the kids. I'm definitely writing stories now so that people can understand that, uh, you know, you don't have to make it to the NBA to live an NBA life. Uh, yes, you know, I agree with that. Um, I'm extremely, no, I'm extremely blessed because it's like, so it's this quote I've been saying, and I got it from Kendrick, and, he's, and I don't know if I got it from Kendrick. I hate that I'm butchering where I got it from. But he says, um, I'm not supposed to be here, but I don't mean um, dead or in jail. So I don't necessarily think I'm not supposed to be alive or free, but I don't necessarily, I wasn't supposed to be 
in a position that I am to this day where I have hung out with Michael Jordan. I do know Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan does know me. Kobe Bryant did know me. You know what I'm saying? I did coach Russell Westbrook. I do have tons of resources throughout the city. I have, you know, I, I, was, I, teased, I was teasing my Drew League team this, this year when we were when we were sorry. I said, you know, I played in the Drew League when we had to actually pay the ref, you know, piece up to pay the referee. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> it was $5 a game and, and you were playing with dudes that were just getting off work and it was just no, you know, I had to tell people like, girls thought I was cheating on them. And I was like, no, I'm about to go play the Drew League. Like, you got to go play at somebody. What? Like, and no one knew about that. So <laughs> to be able to sit here, you know, I mean, to be able to sit here in, uh, in this position right now, and my birthday is in a couple of days, and I'm in a real reflective type week for me. So um, I'm really, I'm proud of myself, and I know it, it just, you know, if I'd have told myself when I got cut in '91 that I'd be where I am today, you know, I, I wouldn't believe it. So I, I'm, I'm, I tip you all the time. I'm not talking to the not, to the 1% of people that make it to play basketball. I'm talking to 99% of kids that are going to have to find something to do with their life. And there's many opportunities in basketball where you can still be fly and wear fresh shoes and have the best seat in the gym. So no, I appreciate I, you I, saying that. No, no, no problem, bro. Like it's serious. Like, you know, like I said, like I, when I was overseas or whatever, uh, you know, when I would get back, you know, they were talking about this thing, like I said, what you were doing. And so, like, I was like, man, that's my boy Chris. I see him doing this thing. And like I said, I was proud of you then. I never got a chance to tell you, but I'm definitely proud of you now to see what you're doing, to see how you're hustling, like you said, to keep, you know, like I said, because every story for every kid doesn't have to end. And like, well, he didn't make it to the NBA, so he didn't make it, you know? Like, right. it could be people like yourself. Right. right that did what you did people like myself who did the overseas route so like yeah definitely like i said definitely a blessing man um all right well like i said i, I you know like i have a, just a couple more questions for you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then we then you know you can get back to your modeling career you know man, <laughs> hey, I, ain't got, I ain't got no tech modeling for a minute <laughs> so Based on your, you know your experience, man, like what happened to you in your you know career, what would be the best advice that you would give the next generation of Chris's, you know, Chris Young? As far as on the court or just in life, I mean, it, it pretty much leads in together. Yeah, yeah. it gets together, and like you know, all comes. Um, you know, I, I like uh, I always tell the kids when they come to my camp, one of my break to be a good teammate. And for me, being a good teammate means just being a good uh, co-worker, being a good friend, you know what I mean? Just, it's going to be ups and downs. You're going to have to just, it it shouldn't be easy. You got to stay the course. But at the end of the day, you got to be a solid person. And I I also tell people that all the time. Like, I don't believe if I was a buster, if I was a a shifty dude, that I would be in a position to this day, whether I was. 16 and can jump out the gym or not like being a good person and being a solid dude can take a, take you a long way especially when when you're not the most talented person in the room or the tallest person or the best looking person your character can really do things for you you know what i'm saying so like i was i wasn't the best ball player back in the days or this and that but the fact that i was a good dude and dudes wanted to be around me 
so that you know when I started getting a little taller, when I did start getting athletic, I was able to play and hang around dudes like Darrell, who would put me in position to play pickup ball with D Wade and Dame Litter and all you know all these dudes that my talent wouldn't have got me in them doors. It was more so my character with my talent when it caught up. So my long winded, but what I would tell kids now is just be a good, be a good kid, be a good player, be a good teammate, be a good student. Be a good daughter, be a, a good uh, son. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I don't care how good you are or how talented you think you are, you're one bad injury away from never playing the game again. And then if you've been an asshole or, or a jerk the whole time, who's going to want to deal with you then? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um, mm-hmm. put your head down the best you can because, you know, Social media is tough, you know, it's hard not to be great or tough or the best looking person right away. You got to kind of wait for some of these things in life, so you have to be patient. So, um, yeah, just it's it's a lot of things these kids can, you know, get tripped up on. And I don't know if I can get it all out there in in the next 30 seconds, but being a good kid and being a good person and being a good teammate and being a good player, being coachable. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Staying mm-hmm. humble. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell my kids too, like, you, you know, stay my guys that went overseas. I tell them, I said, stay healthy and humble. You know what I'm saying? Those are two things you, you know, those are really crucial to development and, and, and longevity. So, um, you know, you know, stay away from the, the BS. You might not be the best kid right now. You might not be ranked right now. Just keep plugging away. And if you are ranked right now and you are the best kid, then keep keeping them other kids away from you by working hard. So No, um, definitely. Both both yeah. sides of the mountain, it's always yeah, hard. To, yeah. Uh yeah. one, you climbing up the mountain, or two, you trying to keep everybody from reaching the top like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Stay motivated. Like one yeah, kid so. was the other day was like his father was like, uh, my daddy said being ranked don't mean nothing. I said, the hell if it don't. It do mean something. It means you ranked and you want and get high. I mean, somewhere to something to achieve to get to. So, you just—it's all, all perspective and how you look at things. So you're right. Like, no matter how on who you are, you got to keep mm-hmm. working. And mm-hmm. if you and if you feel like mm-hmm. you're being slighted, you just got to work a little harder. So, yep, um, I agree with you on yeah. that. All right. Well, the last question I have for you is that you know, at one you know one point of all of our lives or careers as athletes, former athletes, we all go through you know low times. And my question for you is, how did you get out of that that low point in, in your life? Did you have help? Did you do it yourself? Did you meditate? Did you use family, friends? How'd you get out of that low point? Well, I didn't meditate. i tell you that much. Uh, I think everything else played a part. I had help. I had family. Um, shit, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't went through everything, all the emotions, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it wasn't easy. It still isn't easy. Like I tell people all the time, I'm still trying to get somewhere with this. You know what I'm saying? I got some cool perks and I've had some cool stories, but this thing is still uh, a work in progress. And I, and I believe that the best yet to come. So um, how I work through things is I call myself a constructive complainer. I'll bitch and bone all day long, but I'll get up and go work out. I'll get up and go work in camp or I will do something for free or something where I should probably get paid more, but I know it's good for the, you know, you know, for the opportunity. So 
Um, I really don't, kind of with my life, I really don't have a structure like I probably should. And that probably has hindered me in some way. But I just get up and do the work. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you got to do, especially now. Like there's mm-hmm. been times when I could have done better, especially in school and growing up. But now if I got to get up and do it, I just go do it. I might not be smiling and I might not be the happiest person, but I'm going to get the job done. And 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 that's how I got through it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it ain't easy. It's uh, it's stressful. It's, you know, it has been stressful. It can be stressful. But for me, I just, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm just going to do my best. And hopefully that propels me to the next opportunity, to the next opportunity. And then I'll look up and I'll have maybe multiple homes and multiple. So just got to do the work. No, I got you. Now, the question that everybody asked me, you know, when they found that I was uh, interviewing you, two things. <laughs> now, these are the bonus questions. From two people. Yeah. How right. did you get into the Beyonce uh, video? You know, Destiny's mm-hmm. Child video. And how did mm-hmm. you get to work at Michael Jordan's camp? Okay. So, <laughs> so funny. So, um, Destiny's Child. So I, back in the day, I was dating this, uh, in the early, late 90s, I was dating this, this young lady and she was in a singing group. And uh, she was performing at like a Watts Festival, like right outside King Drew, which is funny. So me and my boys went up there, white tees, and uh, this guy came up to him and was like, are y'all in a singing group? And it was corny as shit, but like, no. <laughs> um, and he was like, oh, you got the handsome guy? <laughs> he was like, yeah, handsome guys with the group these guys ever thought about modeling. And I was like, yeah, I have. You know, I was kind of transitioning to kind of want to get into modern styles. My boy, John Rich, who put me under that. Um, long story, man, his name is Frank Gadsden. Me and him became buddies. He was, you know, helped me out with things. He put me in, uh, what did I do? He put me in Tyree's video. He put me in an Usher video. And then um, one of my buddies had was uh, Beyonce, Beyonce had went on tour with uh, the Lady Verizon tour with Alicia Keys and Missy Elliott. And one of the guys that was modeling in the tour, he, he couldn't make it a show. And they were just guys uh, like Roman soldiers carrying Beyonce on like a the little pedestal to stay. So <laughs> I got to fill in for, I got to fill in for the Oakland show and ride with them from Anaheim to Oakland and, and Oakland back to LA. And so I got to know everybody back then. I remember when I did that, long winded, when I did that, Beyonce looked at me like, is he gonna be strong enough to carry me? Because I'm, you know, I'm I'm still thin, but I had, you know, ripped or whatever. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the first time I ever, that was the second time I ever met her. I had already met her before through Frank, like in, in passing at like a Grammy scene, but that was the first time I had worked for her. And she kind of looked like, mm. so we did a little prayer. So long story short, I had my hair braided and uh, maybe like a week or two later, not a month or so later, Frank called me and said, Disney Child is doing two videos this week. Meet me downtown. I want the girls to see you to see if you could be in the second video. So I went up there and they were doing Lose My Breath video. Um, Frank grabs me in a, no, I have my hair out in the soldier, in, in the soldier in the, when I did the tour with him. So when I went to the lose my breath video, which was downtown, he was like, he, as soon as I got there, he pulled me over to the to the girls. And I guess Michelle and Kelly weren't really paying attention. 
and he she and and I already worked with Beyonce before. So she was he was like, Beyonce, this is Chris. She's like, what's up? He's like, he worked with us a couple weeks ago or whatever on the Verizon tour uh, joint. He was like, I want him to be in the video tomorrow. And she was like, she looked at me, looked me up and down, was like, all right, cool. Just braid your hair. And I was like, damn, because I thought the afro was my look. And I was like, damn, I'm going to braid my hair. <laughs> so I went home, called my sister. I think my, either my sister did or my sister's best friend, like 12 o'clock at night. So I ended up staying around to lose my breath videos. You just don't see me in it. So I was actually in that video as well. Um, Got my hair braided. Uh, call time was like the next day or or the following day. So did what she asked. I got my hair braided, and then I went to the video shoot. And uh, you know what happened there. So when I got the video shoot, so do you want to know what happened when I was there? You just want to know how I got there because that's how I got there. Bianca saw me at the Lose My Breath video, and she was like, "Cool, just make sure you braid your hair." And okay. if you watch the video, clearly I didn't have my hair braided, and that's a whole nother story. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like I said, the I'm fact that fast, I know it's tough, but it's like, yeah. Well, no, I just think about that whole video, bro. Like you was in it right next to Ice Cube, right? I'm like, damn, he got the nigga, he got to meet Ice Cube. Uh, Destiny's Child, Lil Wayne, Ti. I don't know if maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't meet all them, but like. Hmm. Uh, it was a uh, no. So it's a few funny stories that. So when I got there, I gotta tell you the whole story. But I'm gonna tell you. So when I got there, they did like. A, so I'm thinking it was gonna be like a soldier video. Like we're gonna be in army suits. I didn't know what the hell it was gonna be. I'm thinking army suits and girls. Get to the video shoot. It ain't nothing but dudes, and they're like <laughs> putting us in what categories that we should be in. So we had us all line up, and the girls came around, and they were like, "You go." Midwest, so you go to the west, you go to the east, and you go to south. So they, when they got to me, they told me to be on the east. It's still too fucking big of a mic. I don't want to be on TV representing the east coast. I'm for real for about that. So I tell Frank, and Frank was like, well, that's your fault. You shouldn't have braided your hair. So I'm like, oh my God, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did what Beyonce said, and now I'm going to be in this video in the back background, acting like an East Coast dude. So, so then they broke us up to South, East, and West. They had a rehearsal where we had to try to get at the girls and so we were trying to match them. And in the East Coast part, I was, you know, I, it was East Coast dudes there clearly. So they doing, and I'm sitting up here trying to mimic like an East Coast guy. And I remember like either Kelly or Michelle was like, you don't, you don't not feel this. And I was like, no, they're like, so what would you do if you saw a girl, you know, they first they say, where you from? I said, I'm from LA, you know, I'm saying that with pride. And they're like, so what would you do if if you saw a chick you wanted to holler at? And, I, and we, we were near a car. And I just leaned back on the car and like grabbed her elbow and was like, what's up? And they're like, oh, you from LA? Oh, you from LA? They started laughing. Oh, you from LA? Just go visit the LA people and uh, take your braids out. I said, thank No, no, no. I said, no. They said, uh, you're going to be with the LA guy. So then right after then, I went to Frank. I said, basically bragging, like, aha, I got in there with my braids. He was like, no, take your ass upstairs and get your braids taken out. And I was like, man, I was like, man, he was like, he was like, trust me. And I was like, okay, well, Frank said, trust me. I just, uh, and so I got my hair taken out. I got my hair was hella big. We get down to the, it was our time to shoot the scene. Um, it was a low rider right there. I was like, man, I'm going to send the low rider on the West Coast. It's going to be cracking. Everybody was like, they're going to see me. Frank was like, man, no, you're not. Sit right here and chill out. And I was like, man, I want the, it was a motorcycle scene. Or I wanted to sit in the, uh, in the, in the low rider. He was like, 
the motorcycle scene was already for somebody else, but you can sit, stand right here. So I was like, here we go. I'm the JV guy now. I'm, I'm hot. Why I can't get the main scene? You know what I mean? Long story short, that was low-key the best spot to be in. Um, Cube ended up being up there. Uh, so it was basically just me and Cube at one point just throwing up the W. They got my foot on the Crenshaw license plate while I'm sitting on the 6'4". You know what I mean? It was just, it was just to me now, it's just super dope, you know, especially with the, not especially with, like, it's a good thing, but, you know, with Nipsey passing and Crenshaw being such a world world name now to, to have me in that video with LA icon representing Crenshaw, you know, I just think that's, I just think that's probably like the dopest part about that video, you know, uh, 17 years later. Another no. quick note about that. Another quick note about that. I was told, I didn't really talk to Ice Cube because that's just not really how you want, you're not, you're not really supposed to do that. But I did try to tell him that my nickname was the Ghetto Bird and he didn't even buzz or he didn't even acknowledge me. And to this day, Ice Cube don't even know my nickname is the Ghetto Bird. And I got it. <laughs> so when I ever do get a chance to talk to Ice Cube, I'm like, dude, you stunned me when I was trying to tell you I was rocking the name. This is 04. And here it is, 2022. And I'm still, you know, considered what well, I just still my still the ghetto bird. So um, <laughs> I got to tell them that story one day. So, so that's how that happened. Um, and that was in 04. That was uh, a few months, a few weeks after Kelsey had died. So it was like a really uh, dark time for me. And then, um, and my boy, now I'm going to the transition to the Michael Jordan camp. My boy had, my coach on my battleground team at Nike, Battlegrounds at Venice Beach, had told his best friend, he asked his best friend if I could coach at Michael Jordan camp in 04. But back then it was really hard to get into Jordan camp. And I didn't know to do like that back then. Now he's one of my brothers, but back then I didn't really know like that. So in 05, mm -hmm. he finally let me. Uh, so 05, I came home from Italy. I got the, came home from Slam Bar. We went to Italy. Um, uh, got the call that I was going to be able to um, coach Michael Jordan camp and and from and you know from from there you know I coached it until uh, 2016. Uh, so yeah, my boy just my boy's name is Mark Ravlin. His father is George Ravlin. His father uh, helped create the camp with Michael, so they were like you know the the, the heads of the camp, and he just finally let me come camp coach one year in '05. Like, yeah, Chris can come, like, last minute felt like, like, yeah, Chris can come camp, coach. And, uh, you know, my first day there, my boys, as soon as I got there, they uh, grabbed me, got there, like, around 11 o'clock, didn't even get a chance to shower, just throwing some clothes, and, and my boys uh, took me to the club and introduced me to Michael. And, wow. And then, you know, we've been cool. That's cool, man. That's hella cool, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, two two stories that I had to make sure everybody know. Like, yeah, this dude was really how to get in that, that, that video and how he started doing the mic camps. You know what I'm saying? So I tell you, I, I tell you all the time. I don't know how many people from South Central who said they hung out with Michael Jordan and Beyonce. Oh, know. I can guarantee you, not a lot. <laughs> now, I'm from South Central. I ain't never hung out with either one of them. <laughs> That's I've seen Beyonce. I, I didn't see yeah. Mike. Never hung out with him. That's what I'm saying. Like when I say I'm, you know, I'm super blessed that I've had these little, little nuggets, these little, these little snapshots of uh, my life where it's been like uh, surrounding the times. It was 
it was war. Things weren't great, but I've had some pretty cool moments. So I appreciate I you that we uh, highlight some of that stuff too. Oh, no problem, Chris, man. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know what I'm saying? Show it means a lot to me, brother. Uh, please let the people know where they can find you at. Oh, well, you know, that's funny. I see that. I want you to do that. It's hilarious. Um, uh, C Young underscore LA on Instagram. I ain't really on Facebook or Twitter, so just hit me on Instagram if you want. You know, we can top it up. Yeah, like I said, just want to make sure people can find you, see what you're doing, everything right. you're doing, checking out your no, stuff. I man. That. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, you can find myself at Travis W. Reed on Instagram. That's R E E D, Travis W. Um, and Facebook, Travis W. Reed. Uh, you know, I post all my social media stuff on there on both those sites. If you're looking for some merch, I finally got my merch in. Uh, there you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, got an athlete's journey, uh, Travis Reed. So pl- feel free to uh, DM me, you know, or message me on Facebook or DM me for uh, Instagram. Like I said, I got double X's, extra larges, larges, mediums, and small for the kids. <laughs> so uh, feel free to hit your boy up. I have them all. Yeah, gotta have them all. Like I'm out of the law. Everybody wants the largest, so like I gotta order some more. But you know, I'll have it by the time anybody you know hit me up. So like I said, uh, this show will be on uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, and the Believe Network. So uh, like I said, next time I see y'all, peace. Yeah, man. So I gotta ask you. I forgot to ask you one more question. You know, or about everybody. I know everybody would hit me up like, "Oh man, don't forget to ask him about the Russell Westbrook in high school, man. How was he? Was he the same Russell Westbrook he is now, or did he develop into what he is now? Was he a killer, a dog like he was then? Now, um, yo, Mike, can you hear me? Yes. All right, my iPod. You can hear me still, right? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Um, at high school, yeah, he was a dog. He was a dog. He played hard. He had a, uh, an incredible motor. Um, he just was little. So we just never really knew if he was going to grow to be tall enough to be the guy that he is to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just, he played hard. He worked hard. Um, but he just was hella small. And he was hella small. Even as a senior, he was hella small. But he ended up... Um, um, hold on real quick, Travis. I'm trying to get this thing from my phone. Die on me. So, yeah. My bad. So, back to the question. So, Russell was in high school. He was hella, he was hella, hella competitive. I don't know why I keep thinking you, like, film me so I could have been putting my phone on the charger. Um, <laughs> tough kid. You know, just pretty much the same guy he is now. He just he just wasn't physically able to do some of the things that he's able to do now. Mm-hmm. So um, always knew he would be successful at something in life because he's a smart student. Um, just didn't know he was going to end up being a top 75 NBA player. Of all time, right? Yeah. Of all time. Right? You can't <laughs> take that away from him. No matter, no matter how much you hate this past season, you can't take that away from him. No, nah, definitely, man. Like I said, I just had to... I had to add that in uh, because I had to ask, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, 
like you said, like how many coaches get to actually coach a top 75 all-time NBA player? You know, he's probably a, a college Hall of Famer and an NBA Hall of Famer. So, yeah, like I said, he one of, he's probably one of the uh, most influential and greatest uh, point guards of this generation. You know, him, yeah. him, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, James Harden, you know, like they're in there, you know, making Dame Litter there. Those five are in that box by themselves. And ain't nobody else that's, you know, more influential or on that level with them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I always feel, you know, Chris is a little older, but I always tell people, um, Steph Curry is the only person that's had a better career than Russell in the last, in his generation. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, Mm-hmm. And Russell's, you know, and not to tell you anything about Steph, because Steph is everything, but Russell's an icon as well, you know what I'm saying? Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And, and that's another part of the, you know, can't believe that this happened in my life. So, you know, I wasn't a head coach, so, and Reggie Morris Jr. gets all the credit for that, but I definitely was there, and I definitely played an integral part in his development. So, to be able to say that, like, that's one of my main, you know, you know like, well, so what are some of the things you're proud of? That's definitely uh top five you know what i mean like that's crazy that it even was even that i was even near that situation you know what i mean so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um no you know and hopefully my man's uh plays better this year so everybody can get off his back and oh he will no I, like i said if you went to lakers or if you were anybody else they trade him or whatever i think uh you know like you know it's hard to play home that's why a lot of players don't do it a lot of players don't come home you know, um, they stay away, you know. I mean, it's, um, it's, you know, there's other factors to that that I don't know personally, but that I have my own opinions on. But, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. you know, when when I saw he was coming home, I got goosebumps. I thought it was going to be the best thing smoking. I just didn't, I don't think nobody anticipated how fast that didn't work out. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, hope, I don't know if they can win a championship if they all are healthy anyway, but I do hope they run it back and give him an opportunity to do his thing in front of his people. You know what I'm no, saying? Yeah, so. definitely. Look, I, I think, uh, well, I don't know what they're going to do, obviously, um, but we'll see. Like I said, I think whatever happens, he's going to be successful this year, no matter what. If it's, like I said, with the Lakers or with whoever, I think he's going to be successful this year because, um, you know, we could be honest. Like, he hasn't had a season like he had last year, probably in his whole career. Well, I think his first two years, he wasn't that great. I mean, like, at the end of the day, if you take his last name off that off his jersey, that wasn't a horrible season. Right. A lot of right. guys out of 18, 7, or 18, 6, and 7, whatever his numbers were, they, they were, they were close to as low as they were when he was a, a rookie. Yeah, like second, second year. year. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. um, his scoring average has been dipping the last few years anyway. Just the the just all the other stuff just came and just well, was terrible. It, Not terrible. The other stuff was just tough. It was just yeah, tough to see yeah. some of the other stuff. And the scoring um, average is gonna dip, you know, because he got probably is gonna happen this year, the all-time NBA lead scorer on his team. Right. And yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 if LeBron stays healthy, yeah, and then he got uh, a phenom, a 16 phenom. So obviously the one-two punch is going to be that. So to me, you know, like I said, that that was going to go down regardless. But you know, like you can't. It's not all like I said. Everybody was trying to blame him. Like it, it wasn't 100 percent his fault. The roster just wasn't a good roster. 
I mean, you know, I, mean, I say a few things to this, but I just had this talk with one of the Laker coaches. If Russ made, if didn't, he didn't miss all those free throws, not free throws, or free throws too, but he missed layups and open jumpers. He still could have averaged 24, 25 a game with those guys. You know, he just, just, he just couldn't score that basketball the way he had been able to before. Mm-hmm. And there's no way. And when people blame people like Russ takes some, he had to take some credit for that failure for sure. But I'm not gonna never be the person to blame the person that come to work. Yeah. He was at work. Even you know what I'm saying? So it takes a lot of courage. And I bring I got a, I haven't even told him this before, but I got a lot of respect for him for the way he handled that. Cause that mm-hmm. was terrible. Like no. his own city, his own city to this day wants him gone. His own city. And I and I and I uh, kind of like upset with LA about that because you know what I'm saying like you don't really get it but even though you know TA's from LA you know what I'm saying but Russ is a star you know what yeah. I'm saying mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for them to turn it wasn't even like half it wasn't even all-star breaking people in LA wanted the boy to go you know what I mean so it was like are you kidding me so yeah. if he stays I hope he stays and does well and the team does well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if he goes and, and kills like he can they're still going to give him shit because he didn't do it in L.A. So he's almost in a no-win situation unless they, can, they win a championship. Only, only way he wins if they win a championship if he's on the yeah. 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 So, you know, yeah. but like I said, it's all good. And like I said, we're going to keep it. We're going to, you know, like I said, he's going he gonna to do his thing this year. So, And he looks – I mean, I, I, I haven't seen – I actually talked to him. Or, or anyway, he looks amazing right now. Like, he looks mm-hmm. like he's really – dedicated himself into getting into tip top shape, which is hard to say because he I was already. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. better. You know what yep. I mean? So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But I know it was it was tough. That was last year was tough. You would think I was out there playing. <laughs> I don't I do I started friends and family uh last season. So no um, heck yeah, heck yeah. Like man, like don't talk about my boy, man. I'll put my hands on you. They talk about the boy right in front of you. They and then they if they don't know you, they're really going in on him. So you and you don't want to just be. I'm going to damn near every Laker game. I can't be up here arguing with everybody because he he ain't making no damn play. <laughs> well, nah, nah. Like I said, it's all good. But like I said, thank you for that one. I appreciate that one, Chris. Man, for sure. No, indeed, no problem. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market eyes and lines. Find reviews and news in every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports information from live 
in-game betting props and features. Head on to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% discount. Welcome bonus to your first or your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.